the talking box. The talking box. Perfect. Thank you. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, and thank you so much for having me. Let me second what Pastor McTagg said there. So thankful for his friendship. And uh, we were talking this morning in the earlier session that we had together about the importance of having brethren. And I'm thankful that we are brothers in Christ. And very thankful for the relationship that we have together. And that's just wonderful. No, whatever you need to do, you go right ahead. And that's just fantastic. All right, I'm going to read a little portion of scripture from Genesis 41. And if you want to get there, you can, or just listen as I read here in just a moment. Um, But I am thankful to be here, thankful for your church. And, you know, I know Pastor McTagg, like he mentioned, maybe in a way that some might not. Um, And we've spent a lot of time together, and he's doing hiking and different things. And can I tell you something? You know, one of the things that you should care about in a pastor is having a pastor of integrity. And I can tell you, whatever you hear from the pulpit is the kind of man he is hiking to. (laughs) Right? And we've had lots of good chats together. He has a big heart. He has a big heart for you. And most importantly, a big heart for the Lord. And so when he preaches, if you haven't heard him preach before, come back next week and be encouraged from the word and make this your church home. And you will not regret it. And I'm so thankful for this ministry and all the wonderful things that God is doing here. So I'm going to read Genesis chapter 41. This is a, towards the end of a man's life in the name of Joseph, if you know him. And Joseph, we're going to see Joseph talking here for a moment at the birth of his children. And he says something that I believe is very profound, very important for us, something God wants us to understand and to learn from. And I hope even our own lives have some healing and some growing towards him. But Genesis chapter 41, and I'm going to read verses number 51 and 52 to start. Those two verses, and then we'll pray and just ask God to speak to our hearts and to learn what God has for us today. So Genesis 41, verse 51. It says, And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. And I want you to understand and notice why. What he says here, For God, said he, hath made me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Let's just pray, ask God to teach us this morning, and that we learn from him. Father, thank you for your wondrous love to us. Thank you that you are not a distant God who is disinterested in our lives and our moments. But thank you are a God that brings forgiveness, mercy, and healing. And I pray this morning as we look at this portion of the scripture that you'd minister to every person's individual heart, that you'd give them the truth that they need today. Lord, many of these people I do not know, but I know that you know them. You know their outside and most importantly, you know their inside. And so I pray that you'd speak to hearts today and that we would respond to you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Notice that statement that Joseph says, For God, said he, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. You know, I am really good at forgetting the wrong things. Ever done that before? Sometimes the things that you don't want to forget, you do forget. Sometimes the things you do want to forget, you can't forget. 
You know, several months ago, I was riding my motorcycle and I went down to Niagara. There was a conference that was going on there. And um, I was having a hard time finding parking. And everywhere around there, very similar to Toronto, you have to pay for parking. And I don't like paying for parking. We've got to pay for parking in Hamilton. But I can be kind of cheap sometimes. I don't know if there's anybody else like that. And they're all like, I don't want to pay $20 to park my motorcycle. I mean, it takes up like a piece of real estate that's pretty small. So I'm looking around. Finally, I find this place. But the time is running close to my meeting. Find this place where I can park for $5. Okay, I can swallow that. I'm not that cheap. I can do $5. So I pay my $5. I rush up. A friend of mine had said, hey, you can use my room when you get here to change any of your biking clothes into your preaching clothes. And so you can do that and make that transition to my room. I've got a room in the hotel. It was great. So rushed through, you know, did all those things, went down and sat like we had in the time of singing. And then this thought occurred to me, where are my keys? But, you know, you have these things like, you know, I'm so habitual with this stuff. I must have just put it, you know, in my bike clothes. I don't have them in my suit clothes. I don't have my bike clothes. I'll go and get them afterwards. So a whole service goes on. Everything happens. And then, you know, I get back to the room and I'm like, no keys. And I start thinking, where in the world could I have put my keys? Well, this is pretty important to me at this moment because no getting home with no keys. So I started looking around, started trying to find, and I thought, oh, I better go back out to the motorcycle and see if they're there. And would you believe it? I had left my keys right in the ignition of my motorcycle. Now, thankfully, I had locked it. Only thing was the lock for the padlock is on the exact same set of keys. And I took a picture of it and sent it to my friends. I said, God still loves me because the motorcycle's still sitting here. But I can be forgetful. And we can all be forgetful. But sometimes there can be things that are really hard to forget. Now, I don't know everything that's happened in your life, and I definitely don't want to pry into your life this morning. But I want to do say this. Sometimes we go through some things in life that it's hard to get past. Sometimes we go through some hurts that we just can't easily forget. And Joseph, at this point, making this statement is incredible. Because Joseph has gone through some things that were not easy to forget. But he is saying, the thing that has made a difference for me is that God has helped me forget. Now, I want to lay this out to you from the very beginning, and that is this. Nobody can help you get past the hurts of your life like God can. You know, we try and do so many things from the outside. I mean, I want to take care of my physical body. Sometimes I'm going to get therapy. I'm going to go through all these things. But understand this, God makes this call, Jesus Christ, when he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why is that? Because there is something deep inside of us that God has designed to be fixed by him alone. And here is Joseph making this incredible statement at this point in his life when he names his firstborn son. He says, God has caused me to forget. I'm going to look at this concept this morning and I hope help you as we look at these truths from God's word. What can we learn about forgetting difficult things from the life of Joseph? First thing is this, realize God can help you forget big things. Realize God can help you forget big things. You ever heard someone talk about something being big in their life and you hear them and you kind of go, that's not that big. You know, these people like on social media, it's like, I broke a nail today. 
And beyond that, my boss said I actually have to show up for work to get paid. What's this world coming to? And you go, girl, you have never really seen a tough life. You've never really seen hardship. And sometimes what people think is hard is not really hard. Understand this. Joseph is not speaking from an idea. He's speaking from experience. And when he says, God has caused me to forget all my toil, he's speaking from the life of a slave who had to work. That's what he's talking about. My work, my hard labor. And then he goes as far as to say, and all my father's house. God can help you forget big things. See, Joseph was raised in a dysfunctional family. Dysfunction would really put it mildly. His father was favorited Joseph, but because of that, all of his brothers hated him. And he grew up in a family that had so much tension on the inside that his brothers ended up selling him into slavery and faking his death to his dad. I've had siblings that I've had fights with from time to time, but that's pretty bad. We hate you so bad, Joseph. We are going to pretend you're dead, and we're going to let dad believe that for years. And they did. And then believe that for years, and we are going to sell you into slavery. And they do that. And for years, Joseph is in Egypt where his family is back in another location. And he is wondering, does anyone know about me? Anyone remember about me? From there, he gets sold into slavery. He goes through a false accusation of someone saying that he had sexually tried to make an advancement against them. And it puts him in prison. And from that, he's in prison for all of these years until eventually he is needed by Pharaoh. And from a rags to riches story, he goes from being in prison to being second in command to Pharaoh. And it's by that point that we're hearing the story where Joseph is saying, I have children. Look at my life now. And he says, God has caused me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. Now, every one of us in this room have a story this morning. And I don't want to make yours big or yours small in any way. But I do want to thank God this morning that God can help us forget. When I was six years old, my father passed away. It was a work-related accident. Um, He was a roofer and was roofing a multi-level story building, you know, similar to about this town hall. And there was an opening for duct work and he was going backwards while roofing, slipped through, uh, flipped upside down and landed on the concrete below. And I remember as a six-year-old boy, one of the most vivid memories of that point in my childhood is when my mom's sitting us down and telling us that dad was never coming home. And I can talk about that now. It's been over 30 years, right? My mom, three or four years later, remarried, and, you know, it was not a good relationship. My stepdad, um, sadly, there was three separate separations, one about when I was in seventh and eighth grade for a year or two, And then they tried to get back together. And then finally at the third separation and a divorce here just several years ago, uh, my father had abusive issues, uh, did not make for a happy childhood. And can I just tell you, growing up through some of that experience, it wasn't necessarily easy. Now, I don't know what you've been through, and I'm not saying mine's the worst. But I am going to say for me it was hard. And I would be lying to you if I said that I just got over that, right? You deal with some of those struggles and some of those things. But can I say at this point in my life, because of what God has been to my existence, 
God has helped me forget. And I want you to know this morning that I don't know what you've been through. And I don't know what help you're trying to get. But if Jesus Christ is not the place inside your heart that he needs to be, there's no other solution. God has caused me to forget. And this is not a guy talking about little things. This is a guy talking about big things. And he had been through so much pain. Can't imagine laying in that Egyptian prison cell after decades of not seeing his family, being separated from everything that he knew, knowing that his father did not even know he existed, knowing that his brothers hated him this much to put him in this position, knowing that everything that was happening in his life was totally unfair. You ever felt like that way? I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be going through this. This isn't right. This is not the way it should be. But Joseph, after everything God does, he says, God has caused me to forget. That's the first thing. God can help us forget big things. The second thing I want you to notice is this. God's work in your life can help you forget. God's work in your life can help you forget. Now, Joseph's story is a very unique one. And it's unique because we love, of course, going from the rags to riches story. We love the difficulty ending in great power and position and wealth. We love everything that happens in his entire life. But I want you to notice that Joseph, although he has arrived at a place where everything has changed. Now, what I mean by that? He has been in slavery. Now he's free. He has been alone. Now he's married and has a family. Everything seems to be functioning in the relationships of his life. He's gone from having no money to being second in command to Pharaoh. And the only guy in charge of any food that exists at this point, because there's incredible famine that's going on everywhere, and he's got the keys to the fridge. Okay? He's got it all. Everything in his life is better. But he does not give credit to the good things in his life that have helped him get over it, but he gives credit to the goodness of God. Now, this is important for us to recognize because we try all of those things. And we say, if I had a relationship with this person, everything would be better, all right? But we say, if I had more money, everything would be better. If I had the right job, second in command of Pharaoh wouldn't hurt, I'd be better. But Joseph has all of those things, And where does he point? He points to God has caused me to forget. Now, God lays out our human condition very plainly. And he tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we have made decisions that have broken the laws that God has laid out for this world. And as we have done that, we have done not only external damage, the world in which we live, but we have done internal damage to our spirit and our soul. And it is God that has sent Jesus Christ into this world because God can do something in us that no one else can do. And that is that God can send us in the world to forgive our sin, to give us assurance of heaven and to heal our inside. That's why Jesus calls, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why? Because everything that is broken inside by our sin or by the sin of someone else 
is not solved by more money, is not solved by a new relationship, it's not solved by a better job, it's solved by Jesus Christ stepping into your heart and fixing the inside that is broken. And look this morning, Joseph, although he went through terrible things, he made some right decisions. Now I say that because sometimes when we're in hard moments, it's hard to make right decisions. You know, Joseph, we talked about that story where he's falsely accused. You know, in that situation, there was this lady that was trying to make an advancement on him. And in that situation, he says, I cannot do this. I cannot sin against God. There's a lot of men that would said, I'm not in an unfair situation. This opportunity has presented itself. Why don't I take advantage of it? The whole world has done me wrong. Like, come on. It was not very long later after he's put in prison that he's got a situation with two other inmates. And it's interesting as I read that portion of scripture, we won't go there for sake of time, but he has two other inmates that are in there and one of them is having a rough day. And Joseph basically asked them, why do you look so sad today? I mean, here's a man that is in a terrible moment that is caring about others. You know, what's incredible about Joseph is that he made decisions in a hard moment of his life to do the right thing and that eventually through God's work could enjoy the goodness of God and look back and say, God has brought me here. Now, this is my simple encouragement at this point is wherever you are right now, it is going to be very hard to make the right spiritual decision when you are struggling. Some people say, I'll deal with the spiritual stuff in my life once my job is in the right place. I'll deal with the spiritual things in my life once I have a girlfriend. I'll deal with, you know, once I'm married or once, oh, I have enough money. I'll deal with that because we have such a hard time making right spiritual decisions when life is kind of messy. And some people put God on the shelf and say, I'll deal with my relationship with God once life is at its end. But Jesus Christ invites us now. Understand this, if you want to enjoy God's goodness in the future, you've got to make the right decisions now. You know, one of the hard things about managing many areas of our life is making right decisions when it's hard. I sit down with people sometimes, be like, Pastor, could you help me sit down and make a budget? And I will tell them the same thing I tell many people. The problem is not making a budget. The problem is living by a budget. Isn't it, though? It's like, I can put all my finances on paper and it looks great. And then all of a sudden it's five o'clock and dinner isn't ready. And I go, I really, really, really would like a big burger right now. (laughs) But it's not in my budget, but I want to do it. I want to make that decision. And sometimes we fold in the now instead of caring about the later. And here is Joseph saying, I'm going to make the right decisions now so that I can enjoy God's goodness in the future. And at this point, after he's made all these decisions, he looks at his life. He looks at what God has given him. He looks at what God has done. And he says, God, this is wonderful. I am so thankful. And God has caused me to forget. Look, simple encouragement. Whatever decision you need to make today for God, do not put that off till tomorrow. If today you're not sure if it was your last day on earth where you'd spend eternity, whether you'd spend eternity with God in heaven or you'd spend eternity separated from him, today is the day to make the right spiritual decision. If you're saying, look at my life, I know I need to get some things right with God. I know that I'm not living the way that I should be. I know I'm far from God. Look, today 
is the day to make that right decision. And if you want to enjoy someday in the future God's goodness and God's work in your life to the point that you can say, God has fixed me internally, if you want to be able to say that, you've got to say today, while it's hard, while it hurts, while it's painful, God help me to make the right decision today so that I can enjoy God's work in tomorrow. And Joseph made that a pattern of his life And so that while he's looking into the eyes of that firstborn son, he goes, wow, God, wow, you have made me forget all my toil in all my father's house. Look, God's goodness in your life is not going to make it easy to forget, but it is going to make it a whole lot easier. In the words of Mary Poppin, (laughs) <laughs> spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And look, understand here, sometimes we go through rough things. But when you enjoy the goodness of God in your life, you're able to say God's goodness is bigger than my pain. And can I say just by testimony today, it is not that my life previously and childhood is just gone and forgotten It's that I can look today at what God has done in my life and I can say, I am not today defined by the pain of my past. I am defined by God's goodness in my present. And because of that, God's goodness is bigger than my pain. But if you won't make the right decision now, how are you going to enjoy God's goodness in the future? God needs to fix in here. And Joseph saw that and he knew that. God has caused me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. Why don't you go to the last thing here with me, and I hope it will help us. That is this, forgetting does not mean life will not remind you of some pain. Forgetting does not mean life will not remind you of some pain. And I want to make sure we understand this, because I am not offering this morning a one moment of wash and it's gone. I am offering God's work in your life in which God can heal you over time. And that does not mean that sometimes painful hurts won't sometimes come back. What do I mean by that? You ever feel like you're doing maybe emotionally really well and then all of a sudden you see someone that maybe looks like someone that hurt you and all of a sudden it's like... (gasps) (laughs) all of a sudden you're doing really well until your call display shows somebody that's like, no, 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 (laughs) we're not having this conversation. And sometimes you've gone through things in the past that the present likes to remind you of. This is important for us to understand. Joseph is living in Egypt. He's just been promoted second in place to the Pharaoh. His brothers are all back in their homeland. But in this situation, these two worlds are about to collide. His home world and his work world. And everything in his work world is going wonderful. Everything in Egypt is great, but he also probably hasn't seen his family in over 20 years. But there's this huge famine that is taking place, and the only people that have food is Egypt. Everyone else is dying. So his brothers are sent by their dad, you need to go to Egypt and get food. And who has the keys to the fridge? Joseph has the keys to the fridge. His brothers show up 
in these verses. And I want you to see in Genesis chapter 42 and verse 8, just a few verses over from where we read, it says, And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. Enough time had passed. Maybe the style of Joseph's clothes were different. Maybe his hair was different. But he recognizes his brothers, but his brothers do not recognize him. Can you imagine what Joseph was feeling in that moment? We're talking 20 plus years. We're talking a lot of water under the bridge. But we were talking the last time you saw those faces was from the bottom of a pit when your brothers threw you in there and sold you into slavery. Can you imagine that memory and how that had felt for him through the prison? through the slavery, through all those different moments where his whole family construct, the whole family memory, the last memory of his brothers was those faces looking down the pit saying, we hate you. We want you dead. Dad likes you more than us and we just want your life over. We're selling you into slavery. We hate you that much. The Bible even says in that moment, it says, and his brethren were content. It's like they were so angry before that when they sold him into slavery, they were like, yes. Ah, this just feels right. This feels good. Can I tell you that when Joseph dealt with that moment, that it was tough? How do I know that? If you go over to Genesis chapter 45, verse number one, says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him. Oh, it stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Notice verse 2. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. What does that mean? He had a big man cry. We're not talking little fighting tears. We're talking breakdown. We're talking wailing. You get to that point emotionally that something just kind of cracks you to the point that you just can't control yourself anymore. I mean, we're just, (gasps) we're all emotional people. Joseph was a good man, loved God. He even had said just a couple chapters before, God has caused me to forget all my toil in all my father's house. Does that mean there wasn't any damage that was residual there? Sure there was. Sure there was some pain. Sure, there was some processes that he had to go through. And I'm telling you this, as God works you through this process, it's not going to be in a moment, but it will be a journey God will take you through. And it's amazing as you see the life of Joseph, although he goes through all these emotions, all these struggles, that his brothers are so afraid of him taking vengeance that by the time you get to Genesis chapter 50, you have probably the most famous passage in the life of Joseph where his brothers are so afraid of reprisal that Joseph says to them, you thought evil against me. He doesn't sugarcoat it, right? He doesn't say, oh, you guys were just doing your best. (laughs) He's like, no, you guys thought evil against me. You did. You were wrong, dead wrong. You were wicked, okay? He says, but God meant it for good. The saved to pass as it is this day, much people alive. What does that show you of a man? A man that hurt, but a man with God's help that is processing the pain. God invites people on this journey with him. Come unto me. Come unto me. 
coming to me. And I am not saying today that you can have a time to pray, even at the end of the service, and say, God, help me to forget, and that it will be gone like that forever. But I am saying God is willing to take you on that journey. And what is broken inside is not solved by anyone else other than God. And I would say today, if you don't have a personal relationship with God, he invites you to one. That's why Jesus Christ came to this world and died on the cross, because our sin puts us in conflict with God. God says very clearly that sin is something that breaks his heart and breaks our relationship. He says the wages of sin is death. I mean, God doesn't sugarcoat it either. He's, but he says the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus Christ came to forgive your sin, to restore a relationship with God, to give you a home in heaven. And he basically says this, do you want me? Do you want a relationship with me? I can get in there. And if you're going to be honest with yourself and with others, every one of us need God's help in here. And Joseph said, I went on this journey with God and God has caused me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. Look, I don't know what you've been through and I don't want to simplify your life and make anything that's been very difficult easy. And I'm sure if we all took a time of testimony and all told our different stories, and maybe you're even going through something right now, and you say, God couldn't help me. Look, understand this. God helped Joseph, and God can help you. And if you're broken today, the solution that will really solve it starts with a relationship with God. And as God starts that relationship with you, he wants to grow that relationship on the journey of your life, So as you go through each one of those stages, that when you are broken, when you're on your knees, when you're on your face, when you're weeping, that when no one else is there, that God is there. And understand this morning, God invites you, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That person that is just dealing with burdens and weights on the inside. And God says, and I will give you rest. Will you take God at his offer? Let's pray and then we'll have Pastor McTake come. Father, thank you so much for what you do in our hearts through Jesus Christ. Lord, I don't know all of the people here. I don't know every situation. I don't know every struggle. Lord, I don't know every problem, but I do know today that you want to help us, that you want to change us, Father, I pray today that you do the work in our lives that only you can do. Thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want us to see a verse or two before we pray and get ready for the meal. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. As Pastor Eagles was saying, if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you can. But it's not through works. It's not through joining this church. It's not through baptism. It's not through trying to be a better person. 
It's through accepting Jesus Christ alone and what he did for you on the cross. He rose again from the dead, proving that if we place our faith and trust in him, that he will raise us up also and take us to heaven. And I invite you to do that today. If you have any questions about this, or if you have, if we'd like in, more information on this, this is not a shallow decision. This is not an emotional decision. If you do this decision the way Jesus wants you to, it will change your life forever. And if you would like more information on this, then please speak to myself or my wife or one of the other faithful servants here at Sparrow Baptist Church. Thank you so much, Pastor Eagles. Thank you so much for that message. We're going to sing this song in closing. Please be patient as we get the food. It's downstairs in the kitchen, and we'll bring it up. I'm expecting it to be about 15, 20 minutes or so. There's a washroom right here in the corner, right right outside these doors. There's another washroom on the main floor. Um, And so uh, we'll sing this, and then we will be uh, dismissed to get ready for for our time to eat, okay? I love you, Lord. Ready? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, you so much. We'll be dismissed to get ready for the food following.